if somebody tells you that you have to be perfect to be an environmentalist, they're so wrong. That is just absolutely wrong. The best thing you can do is be an imperfect environmentalist because we are all human. We all are multifaceted. We all have different interests and we all, I mean, this is real life. You can't completely drop plastic in 24 hours. Like that's just simply impossible. Welcome back to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Today is a solo episode. I'm excited about this one. I've been thinking about doing it for a while. And now that it is almost August, I feel like there's no better time than right now since we still have about half of the year left. But I really want this to be a resource episode for everybody. And we're going to be talking about how you can start your sustainability journey in 2023. So these are all the things that I wish I knew going into it. Um, for anybody who's just interested in learning more, and wants to kind of shift their lifestyle to be more planet-friendly, eco-friendly, sustainability-driven, um, and all that stuff. So that is what this week's episode is going to be about. Again, really want this to be a resource for anybody. So as you go through all the steps, I have about like six steps or so, you can always come back to this episode to re-listen and re-hear kind of some of the steps that I personally would take when starting a sustainability journey from scratch if you're not really sure what to do or how to know if you're even living eco-friendly. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, but before we get into it, I want to talk about this week's favorites. I have two. The first one is I've been working on decorating kind of the my background uh, when I record these. I have been wondering whether or not I should keep the videos or if I should take them away. I don't know yet, but I have been working at least for the background for like my YouTube videos and things like that. So that way it's a little bit more appealing. So I've been enjoying kind of messing around with it. Like I, I feel like every time it looks a little bit different when I record these but it's been fun a little frustrating because I'm like man like I thought I liked it and then like an hour later I'll come back and be like no 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 no, no, no. What was I thinking? I did not like that. Okay. The second thing that is part of my favorites is I just got back from traveling. I spent the last five days in San Francisco, which is one of my favorite cities on the planet. Uh, my boyfriend and I have this tradition where we go every year and we run in the San Francisco marathon. So he's done the half marathon for the last three years and I've done the 10K for the last three years. And it's been really awesome and wonderful. So this year, his family actually came and joined us. And so we got to uh, bring his niece, who's four, and show her around the city, do the cable cars, do the museums, do all that stuff. And it was so much fun. The weather in San Francisco is just incredible, especially during the summertime. Like here, it's been no short of 100 degrees every single day for the last like two or three weeks. And in San Francisco, it was like 60, 65. And if you know me, you know, I love to layer. I love to wear my long sleeves and my jackets. So I packed all my turtlenecks and I was just so in love. I love that city. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do when I travel too is I like to do something like kind of by myself for a little bit. And I kind of like pretend that I live in that city, even though like I'm very clearly a tourist and a visitor of that city. But I don't know, like I know I'm not the only one who does this. Okay. Because I just know, like, I know I'm not the only one, but I just freaking love it. Like if I go get a coffee and standing in line for the coffee, I like to like just really visualize myself living in that city and like what it would be like and 
yeah, San Francisco is just one of my favorite cities. So I don't know. You never know. One day I could live there. We don't know. We don't know what the future holds. It was great. So that's my second favorite thing is just going to San Francisco. It's the highlight of my year every year. Okay, let's get into my six steps or six ways that you can start your sustainability journey in 2023. So again, want this to be a resource for you. So feel free to go back to all of this. I'm going to try and put timestamps on this episode. So that way you can kind of go directly to where you want to go if you ever need to re-listen to it. The first thing that I want to say, and it's not necessarily my first step, but the first thing I want to say is that every little action counts. So just because it feels small does not mean that it doesn't have an impact. And I just want you to keep that in mind as I go through these steps. But the first one, my first step, number one, step one, step number one is to continue educating yourself on the climate crisis, sustainability, what that means. So obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, like you're already here in step one, and that's amazing. So congratulations, you're in step one. But knowledge is power. Read books watch documentaries and follow other like eco influencers, green influencers like myself or anybody else on social media who can kind of help you learn more about the places that maybe you don't know much about. There's so much to learn and every single day there's new technology that comes out, new reports that get released. There's new products that are being developed that are all wonderful resources and wonderful things to help in this sustainability movement and help in your sustainability journey, but you can't know about them or learn about them if you don't continue to educate yourself and continue learning about the topic. So that's step number one. And if you're already here, you're probably already doing that. So yes, I continue to, to keep learning, keep reading news articles, keep finding people who can share the information that maybe you don't know how to come across it and never stop learning. Just never stop. Don't, don't ever stop learning. Don't stop learning. Okay, that's number one. Step number two is I want you to, okay, a little weird here, but I want you to <laughs> look in your trash can. Like take the lid off, look in your trash can. If it's in your kitchen, if it's in your bathroom, wherever your trash can is, I want you to look in it and just take note of everything that you throw away. And so if you realize you're throwing away a lot of plastic Ziploc bags, Okay, take note of that. If you see you're throwing away a lot of coffee cups because you get a coffee from Starbucks or your local coffee shop every day, okay, like take note of that as well. Once you take note of the things that you're throwing away, I offer for you to think about how you can reduce that consumption. So a lot of times for single-use plastics like Ziploc bags or coffee cups, like I mentioned, there are easy sustainable swabs that you could move over to. So for example, for uh, disposable plastic bags, you could go for a compostable bag if you're really into just you need it to be disposable for whatever reason, if you have kids, whatever the situation might be. There's also reusable bags as well that they offer like stasher bags or silicone. Um, that's also a huge one as well. And then for coffee cups, like there's always the idea of um, if you do go to a local coffee shop, even Starbucks does this too. You can bring like a Yeti cup or really any like travel mug that you have. And 90% of the time, they're going to tell you yes. I personally, it's worked 100% of the time for me, but I have heard situations where some coffee shops don't do it. Um, but for me, I've never had that issue. But the worst thing they can say is no, and then you get a plastic one anyways. But uh, it's worth trying to go to a coffee shop, 
ask if they can use your cup. And a lot of times what I found at least is that I get a 10 to 15% discount on my cup of coffee just because I brought a reusable cup. So that's another way that you can reduce on some of the things that you're seeing in your trash can. My goal personally is always to cut down on my single use plastics, plastic cups, water bottles, for example, which let me let me back up on water bottles. Okay, so if you see that you're using a lot of plastic water bottles and a reusable water bottle is what you need in order to remind yourself to bring it in your car, to the grocery store, to an amusement park with your family, whatever it is to keep hydrated where you're not going to have to go and buy a plastic water bottle, then I totally support that. I had an episode on the podcast, like, I don't know, maybe like the second episode that I did. And I, I swear like half of that episode was me just like venting, just ranting about Stanley Cups. Yeah, Stanley Cups. And I was like, I don't understand why people need a Stanley Cup. They should just use whatever water bottle they already have, which, you know, I still stand by that a little bit, but I also want to retract it a little bit too, because I do feel like if a Stanley Cup is what you need in order for you to bring it with you from place to place, instead of going for a plastic water bottle, then yeah, I fully support you getting a Stanley Cup. If that's what you need to remember to bring it to work so you can show off your new Stanley Cup to all your coworkers and not have to worry about getting a plastic water bottle, then yes, again, I totally, totally support that. And I feel like I just needed to correct myself a little bit there because I've just been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks. I was like, you know what? Like maybe I need to retract my statement a little bit. I do still kind of stand by if you have like 10 Stanley Cups, that's a little bit excessive. Obviously, I don't know you and I don't know your story. So maybe you need 10 cups, but I don't see why you would need 10 Stanley Cups. That feels a little excessive to me. But if a Stanley Cup is what you need in order to reduce your single-use plastic consumption, then I can't really be mad about that. Uh, another thing is if you're really into using straws, like you go to Costco and you get like the really big packet of plastic straws and you like to have those in your morning smoothie or in your morning coffee, like when you're on the go on the road, then I would offer or suggest that you could look into some straw alternatives, so whether that's a metal straw, a glass straw, or even there's some silicone straws that are a little bit wider and really squishy. Those are, I have some of those. Those are pretty dang cool if you ask me. So that is my step number two is to look into your trash can, see what you're throwing away and see what you can reduce specifically for single use plastics. But then after you kind of do single use plastics, you can always, you know, look at maybe food waste or other ways that you can reduce what else is in your trash can. So you're throwing away less and composting more or reusing more or upcycling more. That is my step number two. That will make a huge difference. Number three, step three, step three. This may be a little bit controversial for some people out there, but I'm going to suggest looking into eating more plant-based. And I know that's not fully doable for every single person out there. I totally get it. Not everyone has the ability or desire or need, for example, to go vegan. Like for me, I'm not vegan at all whatsoever. I don't eat meat, but I do eat seafood. So it's considered pescatarian. I do try my best to steer away from dairy as much as I can, but I still love a good cheese stick from time to time or a latte with milk at the coffee shop. You know, that's just me and my preference and what I'm able to contribute to being plant-based. But the food that we have has like a really huge impact on the planet. I actually just saw this on social media, but the New York Times posted that people who eat a plant-based diet account for 75% less in greenhouse gas emissions than those who eat meat. So that is a huge impact just on an individual level. And I know that 
going fully plant-based is again, not, not everybody wants to do that. So I encourage you that if there's one meal a day, like a meatless Monday that you can participate in, or even if it's like one meal, or if you swap out the cheese you, on your vegetables that you have for dinner, if you can just swap that out with olive oil, salt, and pepper, then those are all ways that you can eat a little bit more plant-based and that can have a huge impact in and of itself. I do wanna take a second to note that animal agriculture is a major contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, deforestation, and water pollution. So the more that you can avoid meat and animal products, the better impact that you're gonna have. I do know that there are gonna be some people out there that have the argument that, well, whether or not I buy the animal products, they're still going to be on the shelves at the store. And I totally hear that. I totally understand it. I have thought the same thing in the past as well, but it does lead me to my analogy of plant-based milks. I know as crazy as this sounds, I feel like I say it a lot, but it's just a good example of how voting with your dollar actually has like a bigger impact, even though you can't see it necessarily overnight. But think about plant-based milks like five to 10 years ago. So five to 10 years ago, you went to the grocery store, you would see your, your regular dairy milk, your cow's milk. So your whole milk, your two percent your fat free your skim milk whatever other kinds of milks are out there and then you probably had like rice milk or soy milk but there wasn't really anything else and normally rice and soy milks you would find in like the shelf stable section they weren't even in the refrigerated section by dairy milk but then almond milk was introduced and people began buying that they were it was a hit people who couldn't have dairy if they were lactose intolerant they were opting for the almond milk which led companies to think okay well if people like almond milk well then maybe they're gonna like cashew milk or maybe they're gonna like macadamia nut milk which has then led us to having oat milk which you can get on the shelves in the refrigerated section by cow's milk at nearly every grocery store now. So if it weren't for people opting for the plant-based options, then we wouldn't have oat milk. But because companies realized that plant-based milk was something that people wanted and genuinely enjoyed drinking over other forms of dairy milk, then that was something that became more popular and more accessible and more affordable for many, many people. I just say that as my example for how what you buy can really have an impact, even though it may not feel like it at first. So number three, think about switching to plant-based when you are eating. For my fourth step, it's going to be shop sustainably. And yes, I know that sounds like so basic, right? Like it's so easy to say, but harder to actually put into practice. But our buying choices have a huge impact on the planet. If you support eco-friendly shops, or even if you shop local rather than big corporations, that's going to have a big impact as well. Kind of like I was talking about with plant-based milks. In a similar way, you can make a positive difference. If you choose at the store if you need a new deodorant for example and you choose the plastic free deodorant that comes in the paper almost cardboard like packaging then brands are going to start noticing that and start making more plastic free products and while they may be more expensive up front or right now the more people that continue to shop those plastic free products the more accessible and affordable that they will become for example, I was in the grocery store yesterday and needed some new chapstick. So went over to Burt's Bees and noticed that Burt's Bees has noticed this trend of plastic-free products and plastic-free packaging. So they now have their regular Burt's Bees like peppermint formula in a plastic-free cardboard paper tube. Same thing, just not in plastic packaging, which is super freaking cool that they're able to acknowledge that and provide something so people don't have to sacrifice 
sacrifice on the product just because they don't want the plastic that comes with the product, which is super, super cool. So I think we're starting to see that in the day-to-day as well. Other things that you can look for when you're shopping sustainably is certification. So if you look for a fair trade certification, that basically means that it's fair trade. So people are getting livable wages and the sources, materials are sourced responsibly. So that's a fair trade certification. You can also get a GOTS certification if you are shopping for like fabrics, like sheets or towels. So GOTS stands for Global Organic Textile Standard. And again, that basically ensures that the product you're getting is organic and it has responsible practices behind that. Again, living wages, as well as responsible sourcing of the organic materials. The last certification is probably the biggest one and the most widely known, which is a B Corp. If a company is a B Corp, it basically means that they have hit a certain threshold on this scale. So hold on, let me back up. So when you have companies, you can be like an LLC, an S Corp, or you can be a B Corp. So an LLC and an S Corp are just regular businesses, what most people I would say would consider their business to be. B Corp is a step above that, which means that you have more transparency in your business. So in order to become or be eligible to be considered to be a B Corp, you have to reach 80 points on this standard transparency that you can find on the B Corp website if you just Google it. I won't get into it too much, but you have to have as a brand, as a company, 80 points to be eligible to become a B Corp. And a B Corp ensures that you're giving back to your community as part of your profits and proceeds. It means that you're sourcing your materials in the best way possible and that you have the environment in mind when you are creating your products. So you'd be surprised to see some of the brands that are B Corps, but some of the big ones are like Patagonia, Warby Parker, the glasses, that's also a B Corp, The Body Shop, Aesop, Allbirds, Athleta, Ben and Jerry's, Tom's, United by Blue. I can never pronounce this one, but Cotopaxi, Cotopaxi. It's like the little llama. They do a lot of like hiking gear and backpacks and things. They are also a B Corp. So if you can choose to shop brands that actually have those third-party certifications and verifications, or if you can shop locally and support your local economy, that's definitely better than shopping like big brand corporations. So that's step number four is just choosing to shop more sustainably. Number five, step five is reducing your energy consumption. So this one sounds a lot harder than it is to do. And it's also like a two for one because you also save money by reducing your energy consumption because your energy bill is less money because you need less energy. So there are a bunch of like super easy, easy, easy ways to help reduce that. And like one, for example, would be like if your light bulbs and your lamp go out, the next light bulbs that you get, choose LED light bulbs that you can use because those are going to use less energy and last for a longer time. Or unplugging appliances when you're not using them and turning off lights and opening the blinds so you have natural light instead of having to put on the overhead light. If you're in Texas like me and it's just super ultra hot all of the time and opening the blinds makes those rooms hotter, think about getting like a blackout curtain that you can put over the windows so that way you are keeping your air conditioning inside and it's not like leaking through the window going out to so you'd have to use like more energy in order to keep your house cool. So think about things like that. Also in kind of a way that's really easy to help reduce your energy consumption is if you have safe public transportation that is easily accessible to you, 
and affordable for you, then think about doing that instead of using your car to get from place to place. On that same note, you can always bike or walk. So choosing to you know walk to your closest farmer's market if it's, again, safe for you to do so. Or like, for example, my one of my favorite restaurants is like a maybe 10 minute walk from my house. So I can just walk to my favorite restaurant get it to go and then bring it back home or even eat at the restaurant. And so I have chosen to do that several times instead of getting in, getting in my car and then driving there when it's easily walkable and fairly safe. So these are all super small changes, things that I feel like you won't really, I, there's not a lot to them in order to help reduce your energy consumption. So that is step number five. Number six is kind of what I'm doing right now, but spreading the word. You can be a powerful force for change if you just speak your mind and communicate with others what you've learned. You can always do this by sharing what you're learning in your journey with your friends and your family, maybe inspire them to make some of the changes that you're going to be making or things that you want to do. You can always like encourage them like, hey, let's do this together. So it's not as difficult. Like if you're doing plant-based and you still live with your family, maybe you could try to push for a meatless Monday together. But yeah, starting conversations around sustainability and what you're finding interesting and what you're learning, all of those things with your friends and family are definitely going to be helpful in helping kind of spread the word of how important it is to be more sustainable. And if you want to take it one step farther than friends and family and your coworkers, you could always turn to social media, which is really what I've been doing and how I've really gained a following, to be honest, and be able to do this full time is because I was sharing my love for the planet and my passion for being more sustainable and making those changes on the internet and people wanted to learn more. So I'm just sharing my information and my story with other people and that is resonating with them. And so it encourages more people to continue learning about this and start back at step one, which is just continuing to educate yourself on how to live more planet friendly. So those are my six things. Let me recap those one more time for everybody. So the first one is to educate yourself, continue to educate yourself. Number two is cutting down on your single use plastics by, you know, looking in your trash can and seeing what you're throwing away. What can you not use anymore or reduce on your consumption of those items? So less is going to a landfill. Number three is considering switching to a more plant-based diet or finding something you can kind of swap out that you're okay with doing. Number four is shopping sustainably. So looking for brands that are either local to support your local community, like a farmer's market, for example, or looking for brands that have verified third-party certifications to know that they are a more sustainable option for you. Number five is reducing your energy consumption. And number six is spreading the word. So those are my six ways that I personally would start my sustainability journey if I was starting it from scratch right now today in 2023. I do want to remind everyone, like I know it can feel so extremely overwhelming because this is so much information and there are so many swaps out there and so much to learn. Give yourself grace. You do not have to do everything perfectly, 100% perfect, like overnight. That's just so, it's, that's just not going to happen. It ain't happening, okay? Allow yourself to do one thing at a time. So if you're on step one and it's educating yourself, maybe you focus on for a month, just continuing to learn, watching a documentary, maybe picking up a new book, finding some new creators on the internet that are able to give you more information on the subjects at hand that you're interested in learning about. 
one thing at a time. Same thing with reducing your single-use plastics. If you want to start, if you realize you're you're using a whole bunch, you're using paper plates and you're using plastic utensils and all these things, just pick one. Pick one to reduce on. And then once you're comfortable with that, moving on to the next one. So if your first thing is getting a water bottle so you can stop using plastic water bottles and purchasing those from the store, then focus on that for the first month or week or however long it takes you to feel comfortable with that change and then move on to getting reusable straws. You don't have to do them all at once overnight. If somebody tells you that you have to be perfect to be an environmentalist, they're so wrong. That is just absolutely wrong. The best thing you can do is be an imperfect environmentalist because we are all human. We all are multifaceted. We all have different interests and we all, I mean, this is real life. You can't completely drop plastic in 24 hours. Like that's just simply impossible for many, many, many people. And it's impossible for me. I could never do that. But every little action counts. So if everybody on the planet was just did like one thing to 20%, we would all be in such a better shape and we would all be so much better off for doing that. So please don't get discouraged. You don't have to be perfect. Don't let anybody tell you that you need to be perfect. Do not get discouraged when you see somebody is farther along on their sustainable journey. It's your own individual journey. Take what resonates with you and your lifestyle and your family and your situation and leave the things that you can't get on board with right now. Maybe later down the line, you can pick up something new, but for right now, just do what works for you. Don't push yourself too hard to where you get burnt out and sad with climate doom because we've all been there. <laughs> okay, we are to the good climate news. <laughs> This week, the title of the Good Climate News article is Good News! U.S. Cities Turn Old Landfills into Solar Farms. But just like the title suggests, this article covers how people are turning old landfills into solar farms because their solar panels do take up quite a bit of space. And landfills, once they kind of get flattened out and, and have grass over top of them. It's just nobody wants to live there. It's still a little stinky. So you add solar panels there and it helps us receive more renewable energy. Just a little snippet from the article, such projects not only help cities meet ambitious renewable energy targets, but they can also reduce local power bills and generate revenue for the city. So that's pretty freaking cool, man. Okay, so I'm gonna put the link to the article in the show notes for anybody that is interested. Just a few, housekeeping things. If you are interested in learning more about being eco-friendly and just a newsletter that is like a warm hug when you open it with a full list of encouraging articles and good climate news and all that stuff, then I would highly recommend that you sign up for my monthly Mind Body Planet newsletter. It comes out once a month on the first of every month. So there's going to be one launching tomorrow morning. So if you are interested in it, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to join the newsletter. I really put a lot of energy and time into them and I really, really love them. So I can't wait to share them with you. So it's going to be my third one that I've ever done before. So um, I feel like it's kind of like a good little space here because I have done it. And now I know how I like to format them. So it's a good time to be a part of the list. You can follow the podcast at Mind Body Planet Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow me at Crystal and Geyer on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Threads. 
I will put all of that in the show notes in case you are interested in following me on other platforms. And that's everything for this week's episode. So I will see you guys next Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Thank you.